0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hey, welcome to Busting Balls. Hey, we look at prospects, drafts, all the different things that are about the future. And today we're going to look at the Red Wings who are embarking on the uh, 23-24 NHL season and what their prospects are doing, where they're at, where they're going. And the one thing about the Red Wings, uh, it's clear now that this is Steve Eiserman's organization. Uh, Grand Rapids is going to be way, way more interesting for Red Wing fans this year uh, because a lot of their top prospects are going to be playing down the road in Grand Rapids and are one step away from uh, the NHL. Uh, you've got uh, there are a couple first round draft picks in recent years, Simon Edmondson is going to be in Grand Rapids this year. Uh, He's played great in the preseason, much improved. I don't know, great might be an exaggeration, but he was really good. He easily could have made the team. Uh, But they got a a pretty heavy group of veterans that they signed, and uh, he was the odd man out, and uh, he can go down there and play every day. Uh, But don't be surprised if you see him up as soon as November uh, because he's really good right now. Also, you're going to have – Others that have been drafted, Marco Casper will be in Grand Rapids this year. You're going to have Elmer Soderbloom, who uh, played well for the Red Wings early last year before getting hurt. Uh, the big uh, six foot eight uh, forward with the really good hands. That's somebody else who's going to be there. A lot of defensemen. William Wallander, uh, Antti Timitsu, uh is going to be there. Albert Johansson is going to be there. Uh, those are four defensemen, all drafted by Eiserman all drafted by Eiserman, uh, whose first draft was 2019 and, uh, Cross Hannes, who, uh, scored some goals down there last year before he was hurt, looked good in the preseason games for the Red Wings. Uh, he is going to be in Grand Rapids along with, uh, Amadeus Lombardi, who played so well for Flint last year, and they have him there, uh. And the goalie, and this is going to be interesting, is going to be Sebastian Cosa. And I have no idea what to expect from that because he was terrible in the preseason here for the Red Wings. Last year, he played briefly in Grand Rapids three games. He wasn't as bad as his numbers appeared. He had one game where he was really bad, but played real well in the ECHL uh, for the Toledo Walleye. By the way, Evan, I know you're a big Walleye fan. I could get you a hat like that. So, uh, well, I thought yeah, we
2: were talking about the fish.
1: Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting at Grand Rapids this year, uh, to say the least. These are Iserman's players now. they got a few veterans mixed in there like they always do. But for the most part, uh, there's a lot to watch there. That's interesting. Jonathan Bergman is there. He's the one guy, and he's played in the NHL and had some goals. Uh, they send him down, uh, he, he, Joe Le- uh Valeno beat him out. It, that's what it appeared. Uh, he's going to have to play a little bit heavier game, I think, uh, before they're going to put him. And they would rather have him play games down there uh, than sit out every night uh, for the Red Wings. So that's a pretty interesting group right there, Evan. And uh, it's, you know, you know the Red Wings, they're on the rise. They're a team that has their best chance uh, by far, I think, to make the playoffs in the time that Eisenman's been there. But the underground, uh, their pipeline, their prospects are doing really well.
2: So, I mean, I might as well just get to the elephant in the room. How much pressure is there on Steve Eisenman and these young wings to make the playoffs this year?
1: Well, I think at the, uh, at the top level, uh, I, I, I don't know. Let me ask you, because you're a better gauge of this than me, even though hockey's you know like your fourth sport, right? Uh, I, I would say, uh, what are you expecting? Because, look, the Red Wing fans will be patient with this. They understand what's going on. They understand the ins and outs. I think for those who don't necessarily follow it, uh, like with the fever and pitch of Red Wing fans, and, and they're the group that they're trying to get back, right? You know, when they're in their uh, flag waving on your hood hmm. of your car days. Uh, thing, what, do, what are you expecting? Because, are you do you think it's like getting far down the road? And you haven't seen the progress you expected from Eiserman?
2: Well, okay, so I, I'm different in where I follow the Red Wings based on my job and everything. Now, I don't follow like I don't get in the weeds like some might, but judging on the high expectations that Steve Eisman was going to bring this team back to relevancy and back to the playoffs, I would guess. That this year they should at least be in the race longer than they have in the past couple of years. Um, like last year, fans got really excited through what was it December or something like that? No, no, later,
1: it was later last year because what happened? They won seven out of eight games, and all That's of a sudden, awesome. Ron the cusp were getting there, and it was pretty late in the year, just before the trade deadline. And they had back-to-back games against Ottawa in Ottawa because of an earlier uh, travel issue. And they just absolutely got smoked. Uh, and they got beaten up. And uh, Eisenman went and he you know, said, hey, we're going to be sellers. And he used one of those picks to trade for Alex to bring it. That was a key uh, that he got back in, in the deal with Bertuzzi. So, uh, yeah, it was last year they were in the hunt, but not really. You know, right. they, it kind of it came out of nowhere where they won those seven out of eight games. A couple teams lost games. And uh, it was this year, I think it's a little more legitimate that they have a chance to make it. The problem is, Evan, I think the people who are into the hockey niche understand this, and it's a pretty big niche in Detroit. Uh, You know how the Lions, their division is a big benefit to them? Yes. Okay. I mean, the fact that the Packers stink now and everybody stinks. And you know how with the Tigers next year, there's some excitement and it's genuine because man, nobody's good except Minnesota, and they're just kind of good, right? So you're thinking, hey, they got a shot. The Red Wings' problem isn't about themselves as much when it comes down to making the playoffs as there's a gauntlet in their conference. Their conference is much stronger than the other conference, and it's not just traditional teams. You know, like Toronto's played really well in recent years. Some people are expecting Boston to fall off again. I fell into that trap last year and they had the best, one of the best years ever. <laughs> uh, you know, it. Uh, you've got uh, Carolina, you've got, you know, if, so in their own actual division, they got Tampa and all these really good teams. It's really hard to be in that top three and the wild card is even hard. So it's such a high bar and you don't know, like a team like Pittsburgh, you know, they've added you know, Carlson, all right, to, uh, you know, Crosby and, uh, uh, you know, Malkin. Malkin. Those guys, are they, they going to take one more shot? Florida played so well in the playoffs last year. Matthew Kachuk is just this great player. Uh, Tampa Bay, people are expecting a falloff, but they still have Hedman. They still have Stamkos. They still have Braden Point. They have all these great players. So to make a long story short, and on top of that, Buffalo, which is the youngest team in the league, has a core that's building. They just signed Rasmus Down, the first overall pick, a few years ago to this mega contract. They've got this six foot eight forward, Tage Thompson, who scored 47 goals last year. Uh, they got Owen Power, who was the first pick in the draft, the kid from Michigan a few years ago, and a pretty good goal in Levi. So they're in a position. Where they're going to move up in Ottawa, which beat the hell out of the Red Wings, it has a pretty good team, too. And then the Red Wings, they're much better. DeBrincki gives them a lot more scoring power. But I don't know if they're quite where they're going to be a team that's just going to be one to be reckoned with. You know, they added enormous amount of plus minus on the plus side compared to what they got rid of. And they added a lot of goals, especially after they got DeBrincki. And they do have some veteran players mixed in there. You know, their average age is 27.4, which is older than Buffalo and older than Ottawa, who are at the bottom of the age. So maybe some of that experience will pay off. And there's some concern about their goaltending. You know, they have to have better goaltending. so kind of faded at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, when you're looking at Reimer, you're, you're wondering what exactly they have. Uh, as a backup, uh, one of the keys could be Alec Lyon, who they signed, and maybe one of these goalies who comes out of nowhere. And they did keep him on their uh, team, three goalies, because uh, they got to add depth there. So to make a long story short, they could be better, considerably better, and still not make the playoffs. And because no. you know, of the landscape.
2: Yeah, in your opinion, and I think you kind of just touched on it, but what is the biggest concern for the Red retin- Well? let me let me would... ask
1: you this because I you know, uh I was in one day and uh, you know, uh I love Jim Costa, he's great because when I do crosstalk with him, he comes in and he always gets kind of this soft like like he's doing the uh, uh soft rock music uh, uh you know DJ thing and he comes in and crosstalk and he'll always you'll hear something I say and he'll try to counter me on it, you know, the crosstalk and he'll go. And what he said about Eisman before he started signing all these guys, well, don't you think five years a team should be a lot better? You know, so that is a, a view that a lot of fans have. And you talk to people a lot, you know, as, what do you think? You hear all the shows, you hear all the podcasts. Are the fans going to accept that?
2: I think having the name Steve Eisman and everything he did in his career with the Red Wings for lack of a better term, he gets a free pass here. Now, for how much longer that extends, I don't know. I think he still has it this year. But we can always reach back to, you know, a Joe Dumars with the Detroit Pistons, who you could argue did just as much as Steve Eiserman, but then was ran out of town because his team started failing. So I think this is a make-or-break year for Steve Iserman, in my opinion, for the fans.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Now, if the team goes uh, uh, south, last year they had 80 points. If mm-hmm. the team goes south, uh, and they, that's after they sold at the deadline and didn't play well down the stretch, if they go south and you know have like a 72 point season and it's in complete disarray, uh, then I think it's on pressure. But if he has if that team has a 90 point season, just misses out on the playoffs or something, I think people will understand. I know the hockey people.
2: Yes, I'm talking people, more like people like me that are looking from the outside in, that just bit. see the name and stats and records. That that's how they would react.
1: You know, the reason I had, look right now in our town, you know, everything's about the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you have a lot of hockey fans. That's what they care about more than anything else, and it's a big niche. And they'll they'll think different than you know uh, somebody like you who. Uh, and a lot of a lot of folks, frankly, hosting at our station, folks, said that if the Red Wings do well, you know, they'll pay a lot more attention and, and start to understand it's not just something that's off on the side. So uh, I think, uh, and I don't think he's in any kind of trouble or anything, but I'm not anticipating them falling off. The one concern I do have, of course, I'm writing about this in conjunction with uh, uh, this podcast, so check that out, but uh, is goaltending you know okay. you know who so yeah watching him in the preseason didn't look good down the stretch didn't look good I'm not sold on Reimer I do like Lion, but that's a, a career minor league guy that would have to come out of nowhere and Sebastian Kosa was a friggin sieve in the preseason so uh you know I that's how I'm looking at it so they did, signed Michael Hutchinson and I was like Watching the game, and I I wasn't aware that they had signed him. This was a goalie that played for Winnipeg back in the day. They literally signed him off the street uh, (laughs) because they knew they had to keep those three goalies uh, at the main level because they didn't want to lose Lyon. So I think there's a concern there. Now, they should be a lot better defensively, which will help their goalies. So
2: Now, which which young player, in your opinion, Pat, are you looking forward most this season? Well, look. This is about their prospects
1: right now, okay? Right. So the player that, uh, you know, flashed the most in the preseason uh, was their first-round draft pick, Nate Danielson. Uh, he was noticeable in their scrimmages. He was noticeable in the, in the preseason games, just how good he is and just how wrong I was when we did our podcast about the draft because I thought he was a reach taking him there. I was surprised that he was taken there. So that's a player to follow, obviously. He, they can't send him to Grand Rapids. They have to send him back to junior hockey uh, because of the way the rules are set up. So look for him to have a dominant season for the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, who are a bad team last year. And that's part of the reason somebody like me would watch him, maybe, and see him a little bit overwhelmed. But he was fabulous. And I'm fully expecting him to make the world junior uh, team come uh, the holiday season uh, for Canada and be a big part of that team. He's, 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 better than what I thought. You know, a little loose with the puck still and all that, but uh, he had no problem keeping up with it. So that was good. Uh, their draft picks from last year are doing well. So uh, they had a, another first-round pick, uh, Axel Sandin-Palaka, a uh, defenseman from uh, Sweden, uh, playing in that league for Soleftia, which is a good program. Uh, and he's playing in the big league there similar to grand rapids and he's off to a good start you know he's got four points in eight games so he has done well and he's an excellent puck mover so he's doing well uh this is going to be one of your favorites trey augustine the goalie at michigan state uh second round pick uh they got a kid from the u.s developmental program that was highly sought at michigan state their hockey program's on the rise so if the may make you feel better a little bit of it about the football team <laughs> uh but uh you know it's basketball games, media day pat i'm okay he's uh yeah basketball's fine can't wait for that uh two and oh uh first two games say percentage over ninety three percent uh he's gonna track quickly and uh it wouldn't surprise me if it's a one and done for him in college uh he's pretty good and they have another pick that they took in the second round uh uh, Andrew Gibson, a uh, six foot three defenseman, uh, playing for the Sioux Greyhounds, and he's off to a fast start. Uh, he's uh, averaging over a point a game and uh, playing real well there. So their first uh, picks last year uh, are, are really looking good. And the point about Eisenman is, and uh, that's kind of lost in like, well, we are going to make the playoffs? Is that he has built a real sound foundation of prospects through the draft who many of them are on the cusp of coming to the NHL. Edmondson should honestly be on that team. All right. Uh Casper has some upside without question. Cross Hannes has some upside without question. Wallander played very well in a level like Grand Rapids last year. Tamitsu, big defenseman. He's he's developed these big defensemen who are going to be like trees in front of the goalie type of thing, like you had at Tampa. So you can see this all happening. I think the one key uh, for them uh, is going to be the development of COSA or Augustine uh, to be their goalie uh, eventually. But That's going to have to happen if they're going to be maybe a cup contender. He's got to address that. You can't have a save percentage under 900. Yeah, but the team that he's put together at the at the big club has a much better, uh, I think, ability to put the puck in the net because Alex Demrinkic, damn good player. Uh, Sprong had 20 goals last year. He popped a couple in in the preseason. Uh, Gostaspierre is still very good on the blue line, Shane Gostaspierre. So that will help him with this year. But ultimately, uh, the key to that team will be these big defensemen along with Marit Sider. Uh, Ed Vinson, uh, maybe Wallander, maybe Tomitsu, Emil Vero is another one that's at Grand Rapids that was an Eisenman draft pick, Albert Johansson, uh, whether they develop and give the Red Wings one of those uh, really tough teams to score against and a really tough team to be uh, beat in the playoffs because they play heavy. Right now, they're not even close to being that. You know, They're relying on Jeff Petrie. They're relying on uh, Sharat, they're relying on Hull. They're relying on a lot of guys that they got, but eventually these will be the younger guys that'll be back there uh, uh, for them. So you know they do have you know talent. I think at the at the big club level, Lucas Raymond. It's important he has a good year. That is very important because he he took a step back last year. He needs to he needs to go to the net a little bit more. Uh, that's kind of what I got. And that's why I think the message to Bergerin was you gotta go to the net. You know, you gotta play a two-way game and go to the net. You can't be on the perimeter all the time. And uh that was one of the messages I got out of why Bergerin went down and uh, you know, Valeno easily made the team. So, but they got they got a lot of talent building, and it's not the type of thing that's gonna necessarily pop this year. Uh, but Eisenman's built a foundation that's once it's there is going to be sustainable, Evan, for a long time. And that's what I think when you go into that, well, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Five years. Uh, that's not really that important. The other thing, too, on that, just one thing, Eiserman not only had to build a team, he had to clean out the house. He had all these bad contracts and things like that. And they also missed half a season because they weren't in the NHL's version of the bubble during the COVID time. And the minor league systems were all shut down. He was smart enough to move most of his guys to Sweden, you know, Sider and some of those guys, and they developed a lot better over there. But, uh, you know, it's – they're in pretty good shape. Plus, they got – you know, and I'm not trying to make excuses for them. I just think it's – you know, you got to look at it for what it actually is,
2: you know. So you mentioned – the Red Wings getting there, how far away from there are they then? Would, would next year be the realistic, like, make a playoff push and that's the final product that we're looking to see for the Red Wings? Would that be realistic?
1: No. You know, what you need from the Red Wings is improvement. You know, okay. they, took a, they took an incremental step last year. You know, but there, there were still some things that were the same. One of them was their puck possession. You know, that you always heard that uh, Corsi term. You ever heard of that, Evan? Right. From That's, you? Yeah, yeah right. Uh, they got, they're got they still in that 46 47% uh, range, which means they possess the puck less than the other team. They've got to possess the puck more. So while they were more defensively responsible last year, and their power play units and uh, penalty killing units were a little bit better, uh, five on five, uh, even strength, they've got to possess the puck more. That'll be something I'll be looking at as an improvement. And like I said, save percentage, uh, it, as a team, it's got to be, you know, into the 90s. All right? Uh, so that that's where I'm looking at it in addition to how many points they rack up and whether they're in the, the playoff group because ultimately that's going to tell. And also, what's the roster going to look like at the end of the year? Is it going to be Edmondson up? You know, will somebody uh, pop out of those forwards that they have there? Uh, Soderbloom or uh, Cross Hannes or uh, a number of players, Marco Casper. You know, will somebody do that? Uh, will Michael Rasmussen have a bit of a breakout season? He's still relatively young and uh, really started to show a lot. And uh, in the bigger picture, what does Sebastian Cosa do this year? I think it's a huge year for Sebastian Cosa to at least play respectable in the uh, AHL. So those are the things that I'm looking at. And uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I think if they were to get in, it would be a bonus considering how good these still established teams are in the East and how Buffalo and uh, particularly Buffalo, but also Ottawa are, are in the same frame or maybe even ahead of the Red Wings. Uh, With their uh, younger players. Because I I don't look, it's like this Buffalo drafted this kid, Tage Thompson, right? He was from UConn.
2: Yeah.
1: He's a big, huge guy, like I said, right? He doesn't do much. He doesn't do much. You know, he's on a USA team and everything. Looked like, uh, is he going to be a player or not? And all of a sudden he explodes. All right. He's a star. All right. They took Rasmus Down, first overall pick, a long time ago now. And at the time, I was like, oh, they're expecting too much from this guy, generational talent. Well, he, he didn't play like that for three or four years. So, it, but it's, you know, now he's one of the top five defensemen in the league and just got paid for it. He's just got $88 million, $11 million a year. Whew. So you're talking about like a developmental curve here for a lot of these players. Now, Sider could be that type of player, he's capable of it. But he played last year like he played his first year, which is very good, but he you know is he going to make progress up? And there's more good players around him. you know if he's uh feeding the puck and you know to Alex the there's a you know better chance the puck's going to go in the back of the net than you know uh, some of the players he was playing with last year that are no longer there. Sprong, you know he' just got a, a little more depth on their team. Iazuman didn't leave the covered bear. He's he's he he got nine different players. Their rosters turned over nine players, and they've got, you know, I I read off a list to you of a good ten players, dozen players ready to knock on the door. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. So enjoyed the conversation with you all today. Uh don't forget to like us uh on the uh iTunes uh, page, uh, Google Play Store, you know, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, download us Odyssey.com, uh, Pacaputo98 on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, The King of the K's FC also on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter for Evan. And uh, don't forget our uh, Facebook page at the station and uh, Evan and I both have Facebook page. So we put it up there as well. So appreciate it very much. And uh, we'll talk to you the next time. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend
0: in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,